Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 1420 Podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Man, I'm doing so good. Had a good morning. I got some Denny's. I got an omelet in me. Uh, yeah, a little bit of, of broccoli because I don't Cause don't gross. do the hash browns. It's so weird to have with an omelet. And it's such a weird thing. Sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll be like, do you guys have vegetables? And they're like, no, but we have salad. And so then I wind up with like a honey mustard salad for my breakfast uh, with an omelet. <laughs> Pass. You don't just say no thank you? Uh, yeah, I need the vegetables, right? You got to yeah. strong yeah. bones. How are you? Good. I mean, we're on a field trip. We're on a this field trip. This is our first field trip. That's right. So we had a nice little road trip this morning. You know, I can already tell. So I'm, I'm on headphones. You're not. I can already tell it's a little echoey, which is cool, right? It like, makes it feel so like a field trip. Because we we're on one. Right. Yeah. Right. We are in Portland over in, I don't know what neighborhood you would call this. What, what neighborhood of Portland would you say this is? Rose but, Quarter? Yeah, I'd call this the Rose Quarter, North Portland. So sort of the southern tip of North Portland. Yeah. So we're here on location with the team from Vero Watches. Gentlemen, would you care to introduce yourselves? I'm Chris, uh, one of the owners. And uh, I'm Danny, also one of the owners and the production manager for our team here at Vero. So Danny recording, Chris Boudreau, uh, the owners here at Vero. And we've, we've been here, what, for about an hour now and yeah. toured the facility and saw, you know, how these guys are making watches. We've got uh, way more information about milling machines than I had before I started the day. Um, yeah, it's been pretty cool. It's, I mean, our first field trip, this is probably the best place I think we could have, this is the best place we could have been to it because you guys have been so welcoming, so knowledgeable, and doing such cool stuff. Uh, I, I would way rather be someplace like this than at a huge manufacturing floor with just machines running and spitting stuff out and you guys like yeah you know we have this duty programs it and we just kind of move on so your your passion for this is really evident just the moment we walk through the door and we're in a winery at the same time that was a little bit uh, like a little bit confusing when i walked through the door i was like he said it was a winery but this is like a this is like a winery we're, we're walking inside and i saw barrels first off and i was like <laughs> we cannot be in the right place man like you are wrong <laughs> what's yeah. the story with yeah. the what's the story with that so we actually our first first mill we bought uh, or signed the purchase agreement and didn't have a space. I was working from home and Chris and I would meet for coffee or beers and kind of figuring out... Mostly beers. Mostly beers, Smart, yeah. yeah. Figuring out like how we wanted to do what we wanted to do. And um, when we decided that we were going to take the leap and start manufacturing stuff ourselves, um, the Machine Tool Expo was at the, the Rose Center in um, Rose Garden. Moda Center, Rose Modus, Garden. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And... Uh, so we, we ended up buying a machine that was there. It was already in Portland. It was a demo machine, so there were discounts, and it was great. But we were like, we need a place to put this. Um, and I so was, I was going around with, like, looking at spaces as he's, like, so I was looking for spaces around town, and he's looking at machines around the expo, and we're just, like, on the phone. And yeah. This is just where the hand truck, where you got tired of pushing the hand truck yeah, exactly. outside. Uh, we, need to, we need to park. This place kind of like popped up and we looked at places in like Southeast and like all over. And there are places that it's like, yeah, like, okay, here's a roll up door. There's like no bathroom. There's no water. And there's like two outlets. And we're like, well, that's not going to work. That's a storage unit. That's yeah, not exactly. Yeah. It was like a glorified <laughs> a storage those, unit. Yeah. Uh, this isn't much more than a glorified storage unit, but um, it popped up. I happen to live like right down the street from here um and it's an easy like commute over the bridge for chris and uh it's the bottom of mississippi like where restaurants and bars and everything so it's, it was kind of hard hard to pass up and then sharing it with a winery pretty cool as well it's not bad to like go over in the afternoon and they're like making blends and you're like yeah sure i'll taste some wine and like good way to spend your like thursday or friday afternoon exactly after work yeah. so yeah they're they're good neighbors, yeah. yeah. And, and you guys get, you guys do like, be, like watch wine exchanges. You get a barrel of wine. And here's <laughs> <a> <laughs> uh, I wish that would be great. Oh, I don't think I can drink a barrel of wine. Um, but we do get like I'll just I'll be sitting here and they'll be doing blends and they'll come in and hand me like like if you look up there, there's three bottles with Sharpie on them. That's the 2016 blends that won't be released for another two years. So. They're like product testing. They'll like yeah. sit something down and be like, drink this today or drink it in two years. Because uh, oh. I guess wine goes through bottle shock where like mm -hmm. after you like agitated a whole bunch, it's like, oh, what's happening to me? And then it has to sit in the bottle for like six months to a year before you can drink it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I'll like, 
either go home and be like, well, I'm cooking a good dinner tonight and I've got a bottle of wine or, you know, um, we helped them out. They had uh, one of their corking machines um, broke a bolt. And so we machined them a new bushing and a new bolt. And they just had like uh, one of their hand trucks or their pallet jacks broke. And so we, you know, went through and like figure out how to fix it for them. So I'll get a case of wine or something for helping them out like that. That's, that's a good neighborly behavior. Totally. Yeah. So uh, if you're at home, you're wondering, you know, perhaps who Vera Watches is, Vera Watch Company, Vera Watch Company, you can find them on Instagram. It's at Vera Watch Company or online. The website is verawatches.com. Is that right? Vera-watch.com. Yeah, Vera Watch Company goes to the same place. Vera Watches goes to the same place. Yep. Google us, you'll find us. Yeah. So so you can follow along. You can check out photos of some stuff if, you, if, you're, if you're not familiar. I, I know many of you are going to be very familiar with these watches, but... Um, would you guys mind starting just kind of introducing yourself, telling us who you're, who you are, where you're from, um, what your backgrounds are? Yeah. So, um, Danny, I'm Danny. Uh, I'm from Portland. I grew up here. I went to, uh, an art school in Georgia and moved back after that and actually worked, uh, for Chris at a triathlon store here in town that he used to, uh, own. And uh, I was a service manager there. I've kind of since art school been a bike mechanic um always been interesting interested in manufacturing and like how to make things and kind of like not necessarily product design but the the steps after that like okay someone's designed this thing now how do we make it what's the best way to do it um and uh yeah this this all kind of started over beers with chris just kind of talking about what we wanted to do and it would be awesome to like make a product and you know kind of go through the steps of figuring all that out and um vera watch company grew out of out of that what was it always watches was the was the shared vision always watches or were there other ideas for what you might make yeah there it wasn't it wasn't the first thing i was gonna do so yeah i kind of tying in i had a retail business in town for like eight years athletes lounge and uh did like the whole triathlon running thing, the retail, the events, Portland triathlon, things like that. So that was what I was kind of into and, and, uh, honey Danny. And then I was kind of ready to get out of it. I was just, um, just retail. Um, like, yeah. you know, the, the thing for me is, was, you know, you'd have these ideas, like you'd want to build this brand and we had a good, we had good following, we had great customers. We had like a cool name. It wasn't, I didn't come up with it, but you know, we, we recognized it was a cool name and a cool idea and people like, liked our brand, but then you, you're dealing with other people's products, you know? And so they come right. in and they go, Hey, you know, we want to do everything in lime green this year and you know, nothing against lime green, but you know, you're like, Hey, no, our, our customers need this, you know? And they say, well, you know, it, it's just not going to happen. And so I just, I started to get just more and more frustrated with like, I want this, like I want, I, I want this, you know, I want. I want this to look this way and this product to be this way. Gain some control over your brand and your products. Exactly. And so, um, yeah, I just, I, I didn't even know, like I was, a, I was always like, like always love watches and have all the magazines and, you know, I'd go to Vegas for Interbike and I would like bring my nice watch and I would like, you know, plan a whole extra day just to go to all the shops and mm -hmm. try to, you know, see things and try things on. And so, but it just seemed like such a big, like watches just seemed so, uh, so much, to, yeah, so much to tackle. So I kind of, I was kind of, we were trying to come up with all these sort of like men accessory items and things that we wanted to do. And, uh, and I, the idea was like a couple of years after that, we're going to do a watch, but like all the exciting ideas just kept coming back to watches. And so we'd be like, ah, oh, well, you know, we don't, you know, okay, we did this wallet, but it's not that great. Or these glasses, but we, you know, this company does them just as good. And then we'd start talking about watches again. So I think Danny was finally like, you, you know, we just keep coming back to watches. Like, let's just do it. Let's just, let's just go. And so, yeah, I, I wanted to do a watch company. Like it, it, it was, but I just thought I was going to need five years to like learn there's too it. much about watches to, to make you can't just start. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't seem like that didn't seem like a good idea. <laughs> well, well, so there's this great story that I've heard and, and probably some people that are listening will have heard this story, but I'd like you guys to tell it again. And, and, uh, uh, actually, 
So Chris, I've kind of heard you tell the story, but Danny, I'd like you to, to pitch in a little bit. There's this night where Danny, you're getting ready to register for school and you're, and, and I think Chris is on vacation. Uh, I, it's a fantastic story. Would you just, would you just, uh, give us a recitation of this? Yeah. So, um, when I was at Athletes Lounge, Chris, you know, one day I was like, hey, let's like go get some coffee. And we sat down and chatted and he's like, yeah, just like, I'm tired of customers being like, oh, I don't like this. Or like, like he was saying, like this color, like lime green, like everything was like neon green for a year and it was horrible. Um, and uh, so he's, we sit down for coffee and he's like, I want to like start a company like and like make a product. And I'm like, that sounds awesome. Like, I don't know how to do that. And he's like, yeah, I feel like you can like figure it out. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I don't know, man. And uh, I kind of like put it off and I was like, well, I'll tell you, like, I'm, I'm going to leave Athletes Lounge and go back to school in the fall. And like, let's talk then. Like, let's just get through summer. And uh, so I went back to, I went to Portland State um, for engineering. Um, and Chris was working with, I think you were working with Dan, who still does all of most of our ideation and like kind of like 3D renderings and um, you know, we'll sit down with him and kind of work through ideas before we take them in house and do them, um, in SolidWorks to figure out how to make them. Um, but, uh, my buddy, Eric, who's a pro triathlete was like, calls me one day. He's like, man, Chris is like saying he's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's like all over the place. He's like, are you like, have you talked to him? Do you know what's going on? And I was like, it's like, no, like I n we never really like reconnected. Like, so I reached out to Chris and talked to him and I was like, you know, it sounds like you've got like a bunch of designs, but like what's like, how are you going to make them? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. We're still like kind of figuring that out. And I was like, so I was like, well, I'm like registered for winter quarter, but like, you know, I could just drop those classes and you know, we can sit down and figure this out. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to tell you to like drop out of school. I'm like, whatever. Like if I take a quarter off and it doesn't work out or like, I'll just go back. You'll still be in the school. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the day before it was Sunday night, I just like dropped all my classes and then, uh, like, sat down with Chris, I think like that week when he got back and yeah, it was, you were talking to me. I was in Hawaii. Yeah. And he was talking to me <laughs> Sunday night. Like we got to meet. Can you meet? And I'm like, I get in at like midnight and he's like, all right, well, can you meet at like 7am? I'm like, dude, so <laughs> Monday to, morning. Yeah. 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 And, the day I after to, and I was like, what is he going to tell me? Cause we were talking, but I didn't like, I didn't know. I don't think I knew the like, and so when we, we met at the barista on 23rd and he's like, I think that, and he's like, yeah. he's like, so I got to go register at like 9am. Yeah. He's I'd like, like, I think I had like class at 9am. Like, I was like, I either need to drop it now or like I'm going to school. Yeah. Are we, <laughs> are we, are we doing this or are we not like, is it, is this sort of like, are we going to, you know, if I don't go to school and I'm like, God, you're putting a lot on me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it's a big ask right yeah, there. So. It feels to me like that's this. It feels to me like that might be a really pivotal, pivotal moment in the business, right? Where where you had been talking about a thing, but it may have been easy for you to step back, mm -hmm. and yeah. and maybe Danny, by way of like not wanting to pay for classes if he wasn't going to take those classes, maybe uh, push you in that direction. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I I still I still owned the business and still had that like sort of transition out of that as we started this. But yeah, I mean, I think it, it could have definitely dragged on and, and hard to make that leap without, you know, someone else there to be like, Hey, we're, we're doing this. Like, it's not like, it's not just drawings or ideas, you know? Right. Cause I think a lot of these projects, a lot of, there's probably a billion watch companies in the United States right now that just never pay, made it past that morning. Right. Or, and I, I, at that time, it was, uh, I think you and Dan were working on some like sunglasses yeah. uh, and like a couple of other things, but it was like, okay, we've got like these ideas. How do we make them? And so I just went down the path of like just research mode like, okay, if we want to do it in the US, what equipment do we need? Where do we get this equipment? If we want to do it overseas, like where are our manufacturers? And so just kind of went down that path of like figuring out like how sunglasses are made and like, watching videos of like manufacturing, writing down brand names of like machines and then reaching out to those companies and reaching out to like, you know, used companies. And, um, we kind of, like we said, kept meeting up for beers and talking about stuff and like kept coming back to watches and watches and watches. And cause, cause yeah, as I was like reaching out about potential ideas, like machining, like it was like already becoming clear, like it's really hard to manufacture in the U S and like, that's not a big surprise to anyone. Um, 
but like I, I think you know I think I've you know mentioned it before like it's not necessarily like a like rah rah USA is great like it, it's it's not so much that it was just I just wanted to like I wanted to be in control like and you don't have control when you go overseas, like you plan thing, you know, it's, it's the same thing as retail. Like it's a year out and it's 500 units, you know, minimum. And it's like, and, and it's just like, kind of like, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't like to predict <laughs> that far out and that much out because mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to convince, I don't want to convince 500 people why this is cool. Like, it's just not me, but like, oh man, that's cool. Like, that's that's really neat like we should we should do these like and let's make 20 of them and see if people like them um it's just some like it's more exciting it's more fun like you know i we can't come up with 50 ideas send them all out get them all done like we have to just do it so i I don't know it was that i think that was like the big impetus for me was like not so much like a like you know there's such a like you know restoring america like it was just I just wanted it to be like, I wanted mm-hmm. to be in control a little bit more. Like one, one that thing that, sense, right. Like, yeah, no, absolutely not at the mercy of, of other manufacturers. Right. That, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. When, you're, when you're trying to control a product and build a brand, you want that autonomy and that flexibility that, that this, this space affords you. And right. one thing that I've definitely learned about Chris, even, even when working at athletes lounge is it's, he's, he's a very visual person and you can like go through an idea and be like, yeah, like what if we did this? And like his answer is always, yeah, I'll just have to see it. And so there's a lot of times when like, like we're working, you know, finish wise on a case or like dial color or something. And it's like, well, like, let's like talk to Chris about this. I'm like, let's just make like five options or like I'll even like, we'll sit down and have a meeting with Dan for like dial variations. And I'm like, okay, I know you want to go like a thousand directions, but show Chris three and then like show him three more. And like, let's just start small. And like, we have to like have something tangible. So every time that we come up with an idea and like all the stuff that you guys saw, prototype things here today and like random projects, a lot of times they're like, like Chris has an idea and he's like, yeah, can we just like, I just want to see it. And so like the more like physical object we can create, the more we can you know, you can ideate something all day long. You can sketch it. You can have all these great ideas and then you make it and you hold it and you're like, huh, that's not right. Mm-hmm. So like, why not just ideate in like a physical form? You know, if it takes us an hour to machine something and we're wearing it two hours later after like finishing, putting a dial and a movement in it, it might not be perfect, but we can like wear it around for a weekend and come back and be like, okay, here are the tweaks we need to make versus like we can sit and stare at drawings for days and then make one and be like, man, that is a weird color blue. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if you go, you know, you go to the the Swiss manufacturers or the Chinese manufacturers, you know, you're probably, if you're lucky, three months out, maybe yeah. six months out from a prototype. Once you get that prototype, if you don't like it, like you better really not like it or else you got to wait another three to six months to change the shade of blue. You know, and, and look, there's, you know, some guys have better relationships and some guys, you know, can, you know, can see things like different, you know, on screen. And, and so I'm not, you know, it's not that this way is better, but like to Danny's point, like for me, like it's just not like, I can't operate that way because I just don't. Yeah. Like, like I, I feel like I can make a decision when I see it, I can see it and be like this change these mm-hmm. let's roll. But like until it's there, mm-hmm. it's like just really hard for me because getting just, there from a rendering or, yeah. a, or a verbal description, mm-hmm. it just doesn't like, yeah, it doesn't work for me. You know, I've never, I've never personally made a watch. I don't, I don't have. But the em- Emperor Diver is um, a watch you seek. You know, there's the affordables forum on watch you seek. Right. Yeah. So they do project watches, and I was involved with the with, with the creation of this. This was made primarily by uh, HK Ed. Uh, I don't know okay. if you guys know who he is. He's mm-hmm. got just a, a line of sort of Chinese made watches, and he he operates out of Hong Kong. But we did that process right where we went from. Uh, rendering to submission to the factory in probably northern China somewhere, and then one day you get a prototype. And I yeah. remember getting the prototype and thinking, "Oh well, it's six in- months late." I it, mean, it was it was a long lead from those renderings to the first prototypes coming out. That's that's right. I think that these were. I think we started working on these in early 2017, and um, for, you know, basically went to the manufacturer mid 2017, and we didn't have prototypes until 
mid 2018 mm-hmm. and then it was it was going to be almost 2019 before we even had the watches so 18 months yeah. on a small you know 300 run of watches it's crazy yeah and and that's probably like another like bad quality about me is like i'm terribly impatient like that just like it makes me anxious just hearing you say that like i, like I, I don't <laughs> how did you do it yeah like i don't even like that idea like that like that that's even an option like that's just and and again i mean it's i don't know that that's a good quality it's just like yeah for me it's like when i see something we like i'm like i want it right away and and that's sometimes i think it's probably frustrating but uh, well, <laughs> the it, place that you we've make changed them, gears a lot yeah <laughs> we've been like into a dial color like the sunset and the rally yeah. the sunset was originally green and then roger made one blue dial because he thought it was cool and it was like we had a dozen green dials and chris was like switch them all out yeah we're going like, blue blue's better yeah. and it looks awesome yeah yeah and they sold out and they like and the green was cool but like the blue is better the blue is better yeah, yeah. And like we had seen, it, we had seen blue renderings, we had seen green renderings and like went with green, but like he just, you know, was waiting for something like waiting for paint to dry. So he painted up some other stuff in blue. And now, like, yeah, I was at wind up in San Francisco and Danny sent me a picture and I was like, yeah, like, you know, F it, change it, like make it happen. We're, it's mm-hmm. blue now. And, yeah. uh, and then, uh, yeah. And then Danny was like, yeah, it looks like a sunset. I'm like, that's the name. Like it's the sunset. Like, it's blue now and we had a, a green one for wind up and I was like so this watch but blue and they're like well I like this watch I'm like it's you can't get this watch like, yeah I like I this took, w- took photos of it blue. like Friday night and changed like updated the website on Saturday and we had people at wind up like looking for the green one and we like we had a couple of people like reach out about wanting a green one but like unanimously everyone was like oh yeah this is great like so you're not doing then pre-orders or at that point or we, you know, we haven't, we haven't had, we haven't done well with pre-orders. Uh, we tried it with the SW and mostly the response is wait and see. Um, and then my, and then, you know, like for us, we have better, we've just sort of found that we have better luck to just say, Hey, here's something. And then I think too, like, it's probably cause I'm not super into the pre-order idea anyway, like back mm-hmm. to what we were talking about that I don't think. I don't think I or we sell it well. Like I'm like, you know, it, it's, I'm not, I, I, I totally get it. I love the idea. Like we're talking with this company that uh, about a like collaboration watch for next year that they've had a ton, it's outside of watches, but they, they've had a ton of success with pre, you know, pre-sale. And I'm like, that's amazing. If you could tell us how many we need to make and we could have that money, like that's, that's great. Um, and so I think brands and companies that do pre-orders well, I, I, I get it. I love it, but like it just I just don't think it like fits who we are. Mm-hmm. And so I think I I I mean maybe I'm like projecting but I think I think people see see that. Like they see through that. Like they just we're just not a pre-order company. Well, and perhaps because of the way you've structured this, who you mm-hmm. know, day 1 you're buying a Herco milling machine. So you sort of eliminate the need for that, right? There's no MOQ. I mean, you've obviously got internal policies and and things that you're trying to, you know, marks you're trying to make, but you don't have a a third party setting MOQ for you. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We can make one watch or we can make 20 watches or 50 watches. Um, and you and on Fridays, right, you, you do make one watch, right? Exactly. Which is experimentation. Mm-hmm. That's probably been the coolest part of this for me is to sort of see and fully realize that you guys have all this control and and so when you're goofing around you can you, you don't goof around and and make a a a fake thing you actually just we're goofing around and made a, an actual fully functioning watch mm-hmm. yeah. how cool yeah yeah and you know some of the the projects are anywhere from you know modifying something that we already make to like okay how do i you know one of my fi- friday projects if you will was like I want to make a new watch, but I don't want to make any new fixturing or use any new parts. Like I just want a new case. Um, and so I made a, a 38 millimeter watch that fit with all of the uh, uh, 36 millimeter parts inside of it. And so it was okay. like, it was, it was that um, aluminum one I showed you guys. Um, and it, it, the, it's kind of the fun problem solving of like, I like, I can't spend the time making new stuff, but if I can make something new on the stuff we already have, like, you know, it takes a couple extra hours while I'm waiting for like a machine to finish at like Friday at five. 
And then like Monday morning, I'm wearing something new after Kane assembles it for me. <laughs> that's that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Going back to your assembly, to your to your actual manufacturing mm-hmm. process. So when we've got you, we've got you at the at the expo, and we've got you looking for a space with no manufacturing background, with no milling background. What was that process like to suddenly have a machine and a space and have no idea what to do with it besides put metal in and get finished products out? Uh, well, step one was to make a pad printer. Okay. Um, for some reason, making our own dials and pad printing our own dials was like top priority. So literally the first things that I machined um, were the base for our pad printer. So it has linear rails on it and then the carriage assembly that slides along the top with um, X and Y slides. And learning to machine was just kind of like buy the software and do a bunch of reading, um, which I had already been doing for years. Like, you know, I'm pretty good if I can understand theoretically how something's supposed to work, like I'm going to figure it out. Um, And so I understood how the machine worked and like what what I needed to learn to make it work. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it was like figuring out like where to buy tooling from or like what you know, cutting fluid I needed to use. And then it was just like clamp the stuff in there and start going. Um, after the pad printer, we started prototyping um, cases. So we had some 3D printed cases and we have a little like MakerBot 3D printer. Um, and uh, so as I was like kind of building the pad printer and still designing it, we were like prototyping cases and figuring out work holding and how we were going to like, like I showed you with operation one and operation two, like how mm-hmm. do we go from like, a block of something to the insides of a case to like a finished outside of a case and kind of working through that process. Um, and then once we had finished watch cases, it was like, how do we make these look like watches? Like, how do we polish them? You know, what tooling do we need for that? And we reached out to a friend that was a jeweler and she came in and kind of like helped us through that process a little bit. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that was, we just, we, we learned making our products, making our tooling, making our fixturing, like rather than, you know, spending the time or paying somebody to come in and do it, we just invested in our knowledge base and said, you know, if we're going to spend money, we're going to like get something out of it. C- centralize your brain trust a little bit, mm-hmm. which is the, the, seems like kind of the model of your, uh, your business, right? You centralize manufacturing, centralize the, the creation, the brain trust, everything. Now, uh, to ask you, I mean, maybe follow up on that. So Dan is, I think you refer to him as your ideation guy, or I think I've heard you say that. Yeah. Uh, it, is Dan still sort of, he's an independent guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, we had a meeting two days ago. Um, yeah. He, you know, we kind of take ideas to him and then he, I mean, he's, he's great. And then he, you know, one puts them, you know, puts them into like, you know, clear forms, gives us options, runs with it, comes up with, you know, things we wouldn't, you know, have thought of. Um, but yeah, typically we'll go to him and say like, Hey, look, we want to, I want to do this or, you know, we want to do this. Um, here's like, you know, we share, you know, the idea boards and, and I'll, you know, create a pinch board and throw a bunch of crap (laughs) on there. That's like, Hey, you know, this is cool. And then he, you know, has the ability to like, you know, turn that into like a, a tangible thing. And then, then it comes to, to Danny to like actually turn it into like a, like a physical. And then he, you know, and then, you know, we sort of, he can sort of, you know, you know, find the practical way of, of doing it. And then I can come in and critique and ask for ask for tiny little changes and things like that you know so and it ranges anywhere from like the SWR sports watch um we were talking about it and I was like let's just assume we can do anything I was like just assume we can do anything and I don't even want to be like part of this conversation about how we're going to make it until you guys are like this is what we want we're happy with it and then I come in and I'm like, okay, well, this is unrealistic. This is unrealistic. Right. This is unrealistic. <laughs> but there are so many things in that sports watch that were like, like, how do we do this? Like the closed case back and fully curved. And then the, the shape of the sides is a completely 3D. Sh- like, it's not like we just took the side of the case and like bent it under and created an angle. It actually, the whole thing curves and bends, which is where the five axis machine comes in. Um, and to machine those sides, like, 
it's at such an angle that we couldn't, we would have to fixture that case so many times just to get that side properly where we were like, okay, well, let's look at what machines we can, we almost bought that machine to make that case. And I mean, it makes all of our other cases as well, but it was kind of a, like, it was that tipping point of like, we want to make this crazy thing. You know, this machine is going to help us do it. You, you know, I, I'm not sure it's evident from the photos that I've seen how involved that uh, SW case is. I mean, there's just so much going on in terms of the curvature, that, that case back curvature and the curvature on the sides. Uh, how, you know, I assume you get there just by whiteboarding it and doing, doing it in-house. But how did you, I mean, even just conceptually, how did you get there? And that was That was like like number one idea. Yeah. Like that was what I wanted to do. It was a fully sleek, fully integrated, you know, Chris wanted an integrated silicone strap. Um, and so no hard. Yeah, no hard line. So from the top, that thing is totally soft, you know, it kind of just blends Mm -hmm. into your wrist, but then Dan being Mr. Design man, like adding in those hard lines that you just see from like the right angles Mm -hmm. kind of like make all the difference. So uh, yeah, you kind of, he, I think you had the idea to do the step, into the case Mm -hmm. so that you know the silicone could have that edge so that it didn't pull away when you wore it so that when it was on the wrist there wouldn't be a Mm -hmm. gap so it still hold that line um yeah the nice nice thing about that is like we made it so it's an integrated silicone strap but it's just a 22 millimeter spring bar so you can put a nato on it you can put a leather strap on it you could put a bracelet on it but that silicone strap is fully integrated when it's there yeah i think in the i think like conversations in the industry like guys that have spent a lot of time with watches, like they get it. But I think, yeah, I think it's it's really hard to just get it because I mean, I, I say it to you, like everything looks cool on the internet. Mm-hmm. Like everything looks good, everything looks cool. And it's just another, I think, you know, people, like the people who have it, love it, you know, and I love it. I still think it's, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of what we did with it, but I, I don't know that, yeah, people are like, like it's hard to be like, I think there's a lot of subtleness yeah, it's um, really hard to understand. I mean, I had to, I'll be honest, yeah. I had no clue what the SW was really right. until I saw it today. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I knew mm-hmm. in theory what it was, yeah. but you know, pick that thing up and it's like, oh man, yeah, I see, yeah. I get it. And we, we kind of, I, I think we have this like thought of like where we could take it down the road where people like, you know, and with a, a, a marketing budget and right. like a few other <laughs> ideas, you know, that, you know, I think we're fine to leave a lot of things behind, you know, like old styles or old colors. Like I'm, you know, we'll talk to people and they'll say like, well, okay, we did this. Like, you know, do you have like another idea? I'm like, we have have infinite ideas. Like ideas are not going to be our issue. Like (laughs) we have other issues, you know, but it's not for new ideas, but like something like the SW, like, like there, I, I think it's, I think it's unique. And I think that, you know, it'll, I think it's a good platform for us to, Right. to grow from on mm-hmm. that watch to like add in some like you saw some prototypes today of like things we're thinking of with it and like there's a lot that we can do to like kind of make that watch a little bit more a little less subtle if you will right yeah well, it's so liberating to have all the manufacturing in-house i mean like you said you can you can drop a chunk of metal in and the following week be wearing a prototype be, yeah. be experimenting with that and is dan does he work in watches or is he Primarily from outside the watch he world. He's an industrial designer. Does a lot. Like he does like restaurants. Okay. Like he's designed bars. Mm-hmm. He was working on a like electric skateboard project with some people. He does everything. Um, That's got to be an advantage too, having somebody who's familiar enough with watches. I mean, has watches, but mm-hmm. is kind of coming from outside the industry to to bring a little bit more innovation, a little yeah. more open mindedness to and it. And that's. That's kind of the cool thing with like with case design. Like Dan is is definitely out there as far as um, what is traditional in the industry. Like mm-hmm. the SW is not a traditional watch case in any way, shape, or form, other than that it houses a movement. Mm-hmm. You guys could have done a sub homage, yeah. Uh, but but you've done something a lot cooler. I, I think I think a lot. I think infinitely cooler. You know, Omega just drops this titanium. Thing yeah. they're doing and it's forty eight thousand yeah. dollars. Like what? I don't understand Omega, right? This is a way to get a sort of purpose driven, fully designed, like nothing else in the world. Watch uh, for a totally reasonable price. Yeah, yeah, cool project. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're on to current projects. What else are you guys working on right now? So we talked a little bit about the SW. What else have you guys got in your line? What's especially exciting that you've got? 
in front of you right now that you're working on? Yeah. So a, a lot of, you know, a lot of this year, like as I, I mean, I think this is really the first time that we're like, I think really no, <laughs> not a, I don't mean it like bad, but like we really know what we're doing manufacturing wise, like in the sense of like having the fixtures in place, having the people in place and like understanding like, okay, this is how we make 25 of these and this is how we make 30 of these. And, um, I think as you guys saw, like we do some contract work, we do some, uh, B2B type things. And so some of what we're doing right now is, is like, um, I think it's cool. I think it's exciting, but it's also like, you know, keep the lights on type stuff, mm -hmm. which is important, you know, give us a right. little breathing room to have fun because <laughs> right. we really want to have fun. I think we don't enjoy making 500 of the same thing or a hundred of the same thing. Even sometimes like we want to do so, um, like, you know, exclusive, <laughs> a lot of what we're doing in the winter and into next year is more collaborative. Uh, it's more like working with some, I think like, part of watches for me is like how it kind of fits with everything else. Like it's like your thing you have with all this other like rest of your life and kind of, you know, you can have, you know, the type of car you drive, like identifies like, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. whether you're a Jeep guy or whether you're an Audi guy. Um, but then like, like there's also like that and you could be like one of those guys and you could be like into the you know, Nike shoes or Jordans or whatever, but like your watch like kind of stays with you. And so, so we've been just like talking about cool brands, either like completely outside of the industry or even like in the industry. And um, so we're sort of lining all that up right now. Working on just relationships. With yeah, like like some collaborations, uh, some because I think that's the other thing, too, is is when you're small, you, you kind of have to pick something to start with. And I think I think there's, you know, guys that that really, really are, are great at marketing. And I think I think we're pretty great at manufacturing. And so I think finding those people that can help us tell our story, mm -hmm. you know, people that people that tell the kind of stories that I'm like, that's our watch. I'm like, Hey, you guys want to do a watch together? Like, let's do a watch together because here's the reality is like, you know, if you want to, you know, partner, you, as you know, like you're, you're in a thing, you know, if a, if a brand outside the industry wants to make something cool, but doesn't want to make 500 of them, We've seen it. We've we've had big companies come in, talk with us. You know, we have NDAs and stuff because they want to know about manufacturing side. But um, but you know, they they run in that same thing. They design something. They've got you know a big order coming in because they had to make that big order. It's not exactly what they wanted. And so we're like, you know, we go like, hey, you guys can come into the shop. We can like make something really cool together, and we can make. 50 of them. We don't have to make 300. We don't have to make 300. You don't have a year lead time. You know, if we could slot this in for, you know, for a May release or for a, you know, we September. can get you a prototype next Tuesday. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And, and is that just a byproduct or was that kind of, was that part of your goal of, of bringing everything in house, bringing everything here in one place? So the first, like the first people I worked with when we were trying to like get the, the sort of brand guidelines and, you know, do all that stuff. Um, you know, that was my sort of original thought was like, I mean, it sounds like, it's just funny because like right now, like everyone's doing collab and stuff, but yeah. I, but I was like, from the start, I was like, you know, just partnering with cool brands would be really neat, but I think you have to get there. Not that we're like that big or that established, but people can kind of look through like some of the brands we've talked to, like, they can look through our, our watches, our website and get a feel, uh, for who we are. Or I think before, you know, we're still just like, Hey, we're just learning how to make watches. And so, um, I always wanted to get to this point and, and hopefully it'll grow. But I think, I, I think for me, like it always sounds cool. Like not just to be like, Hey, can we, you know, slap our logo, like, you know, on bad fits, which obviously you see a lot, um, you know, not licensing type things, but like, Oh, Hey, you make, you know, knives or, Hey, you make like the, you know, jeans I like to wear, or, you know, mm -hmm. you make the car that I wish I could drive, you know, <laughs> like let's join our philosophy. Yeah. Yeah. Like I bet, you know, I bet your people would love a really cool watch and I bet we could make a really cool watch. And so, I mean, anything that, anything that you guys can talk about today that, that we might be looking for in the, in the immediate future or 
We're doing another collab with Warner Wound. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like an industry one. Um, I we your, your prior collaboration that thirty six mm-hmm. uh, millimeter century totally sold out, right? There's yes. no no more. Yep. I mean, I can get the one of those ones over there though, right? <laughs> I think <laughs> I think we have one. So we we laser etched the um, crystals, um, which is incredibly fascinating. That listening to you talk about that on, on with Zach and Ilya. Yeah, it was it was a process. <laughs> uh, it was a it was a process. And as Chris rubs his eyes, yeah. <laughs> and again, it, it's one of those things that if we if we wanted to go to China and had them have them done, like you just spec it and they ship you them and there you go. But working with a a U.S. company, let alone like a local company, to find somebody that can like has the technology to do it. Um, but I think we got a duplicate of like one serial number. So like the only one we made for ourselves is a duplicate that was like somehow we ended up with an extra crystal for like, say, 24 or something like that. Um, and so it's like we like set that aside and we're like, OK, this is the one we got to keep. And then we made a couple for for worn and wound that are zero zero out of the 33 or 35 or whatever we right. did. But there's none available. There are yeah. zero available. Yeah. So we we held on to one. Um, you're going to have to make a very good offer if you want that one. <laughs> that they have. <laughs> <Hopefully>. <laughs> Everything's for sale. <laughs> so when you, as you talk about these collaborations, you talk about wanting to partner with companies who have a similar philosophy. Can you talk about that philosophy that you have? I mean, is it, it sounds to me like you guys are just super passionate about what you're doing and want to be creative, but why don't you, why don't you dive in a little bit deeper to that, that philosophy that you guys have here? Yeah, there's a, um, there's a, there's a company that, that does, uh, I'm going to, kind of keep the name mm-hmm. you know quiet for now but uh they they you know restore they restore the old like uh you know the broncos and the scouts and the wranglers like they're one of those companies and uh and they they did a they did a podcast with another brand that i i want to work with mm-hmm. and you know he, they had they they had like a real long and, and i believe like genuine conversation about like like simplifying and like not not you know we don't care about anything and you know I don't need nice stuff but like just being like really intentional mm-hmm. with like everything like like I don't need you know 50 pairs of shoes but like man I love like I love like tailwinds and so like I'm like you know I'm just gonna only buy tailwinds from now on because like I don't need you know what I mean I don't need to go crazy you know like I, I, re- I need 50 <laughs> I, I do have 50 so I'm, I'm being like this is an idealized version of who i would be like i i totally have too many things that i love yeah your your shoes were actually the first thing i noticed when i walked in this incredible place i was like oh sick shoes I, <laughs> I love shoes very much that that is something that i will have trouble paring down but i do like the idea i like the concept of like you know hey these are my black t-shirts and they're like the best black t-shirts because they like fit per- perfectly and you know they're and this is my favorite, like, these are the only jeans I wear. So it's like, it's not a, it's not a, like, I don't care about anything. And I pick these up at a, it's like, yeah, they cost a little bit of money. Um, but I love them mm-hmm. and I wear it every day. And, um, so anyway, so they were talking about that, like about like, you know, like actually really liking the things that you have, mm-hmm. <laughs> not just, you know, not just getting things to have more things, but like, like appreciating it, like knowing where it was made, knowing where it came from, like knowing the people behind it. And I was like, I like literally like sent an email. I was just like, I listened to this podcast and at, you know, this time when you guys are talking about, it, I'm like, that's like, that's what we want. That's like us. you, yeah. Like mm-hmm. you said, I told, I mean, I told him in the thing, like we talked and I said, you, you literally like put out what I've been trying to, to say, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's it. Like you get it. Like I, I would love to do something, you know? And so like we are, and so I'm like, it's, it's an easy fit because like it's exactly like what we want to do and it's like you know those restored cars aren't for everyone for sure but like if you appreciate it and you appreciate what went into it like it's like you get it like i don't it's not i don't need a six car garage but like yeah this wasn't cheap but it's pretty cool like it's awesome it's pretty awesome yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly so very cool yeah very cool you know uh we run into that right i i think you know, I don't know uh, how much you guys know about our show, but we're, you know, really focused on the affordable market. Yeah. So, so even probably, you know, the, the 40 millimeter centuries, I think come in at just under a thousand. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's 
about the high end of what we talk about on yep. the show, mm -hmm. um, which is not to not to say one thing's better than another. It's just where we're at. Um, but I think you find that a lot in the affordables market is this um, more is more uh, more is more attitude, and not that everybody has that, but it seems prevalent. Uh, you, you know, um, people talk about, well, I've got. 15 f91w watches uh which is a very cool watch but the, i, I want to have more of these things for variety but it seems like at some point most watch people sort of transition to the point where you know gosh these are the th maybe the three watches i i need for the rest of my life or or whatever like it seems like people start to sort of think and they realize what they like and you get to that point and you have the ability to say well yeah i could spend sixteen hundred dollars on an sw because i know for me that's the only watch i ever need uh it seems like you guys are making for someone the watch that they the only watch they need to do everything perhaps mm -hmm. oh. and i think we try to make i mean even like the the century series the 36 and the 40 you know we had an intentional conversation about like if we make a bigger watch why, why does a bigger watch need to be more expensive it's the same watch yeah. So the 36 and the 40 are the exact same price, like, you know, ultimately the same watch, but, you know, having the water resistance there, having a, like, like I hesitate to say field watch, but having a, a watch that you can wear all day long for whatever, like, I mean, I've like surfed in the Century Series, the VS, the SW, or like mountain biked in any of them. And, you know, there, there shouldn't be a reason that like, I have to put on my dive watch just because I'm going to go, you know, hiking. Like, why can't I wear the watch that I wore, you know, on a leather strap yesterday on a NATO and like go do my weekend activities? Go you fishing know, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, or even, I mean, even if it's a collection, like it doesn't necessarily, I mean, I think I, I like that. I like the, you know, the one watch idea has obviously been floated around. It's cool. But even just a like, oh yeah, when I do this, I wear this. And it could be like, you know, it could be five different watches from five different brands at five different price points. Um, I don't think that like it's not, but it's still that idea of like, like you get excited because you're like, oh, this is my like, this is my, you know, jet ski watch. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I'm just, you know, throwing my head like this is my hiking watch. This is my like dress up watch. Like it's so like I think if it's one watch and it just makes you excited because you can wear that one watch and everything. I think that's killer. But also if it's five or ten because like, you know, those exact situations and you're not just. Yeah, it's not just a like, well, what am I going to wear? I've got so many. Maybe I could have another. It's just like, man, I love that. Like I'm. Like, there's no doubt that I'm putting that on when I do this because, you know, like it, whatever, you know, like sparks joy. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. Right. Well, I so. mean, and, and I'm not even a proponent for the one watch. I think that's right. totally dumb. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I need more. I, I need want 50 shoes, 50 watches. Yeah. As long as you like love them. That's my yeah. thing, I guess. Yeah. You know, like as long as like I just I just went through and I've actually been like cleaning out a bunch of my stuff and like, trust me, I have more than like one of everything. But I was like, I was like, you know, like, yeah, you. And it's like I know it's like so popular right now. But yeah, like I just want to at least like even. Yeah, even if it's 50, I just want to be like there's zero chance I would get rid of that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's a cool way to look at it. Like, hey, it's 10 black T-shirts, but like. Like you have to pry all ten of these from my hands. Like I love. I them. will say I did get my favorite black T-shirt from Chris one day. So yeah, like off his back or like. Uh, yeah, I actually, literally, I, was, I took it off. I think I like ran back from the gym or something, and I was like, Shh, like I don't have any other clothes here. And Chris was like, I think I have a T-shirt in the car, and it's like, <laughs> it's like I'm like doing my laundry. I'm like, this is the one I'm gonna wear first. This is, this, it's like, this is mine now. It's like the perfect black T-shirt. Well, what I mean, get to, you got to give us the detail. It's I've like I looked it up. I tried to find more of them, but it's a Nike SB. Mm. shirt and it's like laser welded seams rather than the like stitched seams and it's just like and it's like a vented back but not like see through i don't know it's so comfortable and there's I, a pocket it's a good shirt i i care so much about that stuff yeah like i yeah like it makes me so happy when i have like and i've got like nine shirts total so i'm like you know, <laughs> it's it's the yeah, favorite it's the favorite for sure i like it i like it well since we're on what you've got uh why don't you if you're comfortable sharing it uh, how about a little bit about your personal watch collections and uh, kind of what, what got your, your love into watches started? So I, I don't have a personal watch collection. Um, you're you're not wearing shot. a watch. Yeah. I'm not wearing a watch. So this is, yeah, I get this a lot. We'll start with my, my, my lack of personal watch collection. When I was a little kid, I would go buy like 
dollar store, like $5, you know, watches and just take them apart. And I had piles of digital watches that were just in pieces. Um, I also had piles of pens that were in pieces and computers and various other things. So you're but a tinkerer. Yeah. Okay. I'd, I'd take them apart and just leave them. I would never tinker with them. I would just tinker <laughs> them apart. Like a tweaker. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like, I want to see what's inside of this. Um, I, I have a, one watch in my drawer that no one's taking from me. Um, but every time that I wear a watch, and it generally is like one of my like obscure Friday projects, it ends up on somebody else's wrist and never makes it back. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I have no idea. So I had I had a watch that I like Chris could not try it on. I'm like, no. And then it got to a point where he like got excited about it one day and I was like, all right. And I just, I haven't seen it since. And so I haven't really worn a watch in the last couple of months because every time that I have one on, it like disappears. On Is this the ultralight that we got to see earlier? Yeah, the yeah. SW ultralight titanium integrated bezel, totally relieved lugs. So cool. Pretty cool. It's incredible. So cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I have, uh, I mean, I have a shop that's my personal watch collection. Um, and like I said, I will tinker with something and make it and wear it for a week or so. And then usually it kind of makes the rounds through everyone at the shop and then ends up into rotation with other people. And so so before you got into the watch industry, were you a watch wearer? No. Yeah. Um, I was not. Um, I haven't worn a watch since I was a little kid. I wore a watch as a kid, but, um, I don't know that I ever even like considered watches. Yeah. Um, but from again, like I think I told you guys, like I like figuring out, like I, I don't necessarily care about the design side or the like, you know, what it is side, but like I love figuring out how to make it. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the fun thing with watches is like, you know, we're putting the same thing inside of it. Like there's a movement, there's a dial, there are hands, there's a case, there's a back, there's a crown, but like, there are so many different ways to like get all of those things in the same place and onto your wrist. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the really exciting thing for me is like, let's like work through like, okay, we're going to make indices. Like how do we integrate the indices onto like the dial? And this is how like the industry does it, but like, we're not the industry. We don't have like, you know, those same methods. So let's figure out our own method or a sandwich dial. How do we do that? Or like eliminating dial feet. How do we do that? So like, you know, I like that kind of like, iterating the solutions, if uh-huh. you will. Yeah. Well, what about you, Chris? Yeah, I'm the opposite. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, had a, I had a feeling yeah, about you. <laughs> I have always worn a watch, like even from when I was a kid. Yeah, me too. Yeah, wore a watch. Did not have any desire to take it apart because then I couldn't wear it. So like <laughs> I would, I just, but always had one. Um, I think, you know, like, you know, d- did the swatch thing, uh, with everyone did the freestyles I really liked. Uh, I don't remember what time, probably high schoolish or something, but like the, uh, G shocks. Yeah. 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 I love G shocks. And, um, uh, like I think like, uh, at a Luminox and like, you know, one of the plastic ones and, um, and just was like always like, just like, I don't know, like I've always worn one, always had a watch. Um, I think my, my first, my first real watch, like my first, like it was, I got a Panerai. Um, Whew. yeah, I got a, the one seven, six, the tie, mm-hmm. it's like the base titanium. And, um, like, that's a big, that's a big watch. Yeah. That was like the first, like big, like big purchase. Four, 46 millimeters on that I, guy. On I paid it off for 10 years. I, cause I did the like, win it, like it was so bad, you know, it's like, so <laughs> but right. I was like, pan, yeah, I like, Anyway, um, and, but, but it was like, God, like I still, like I, I have it. It's, it's in the drawer, uh, here. I can show you guys after. It's in the drawer. Like, oh it's in the safe to be, it's in to the be safe. clear. Yeah, it's the safe that I don't allow anyone, but our watchmaker to know the code too. So when he is gone, like watches are locked away. Like, I don't even know how to get in there. Yeah. The, the quote unquote drawer, yeah. AKA the safe. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Yeah. Like just a drawer. Right. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. It's so it used to be a drawer. But I was like, I, I was like, they, you know, they were really good about the like changing the straps and like that really opened up my world because it was such a, such a big purchase at, mm-hmm. at the time. Like it was, I mean, it's still a big purchase, but, um, you know, the idea that like I could change up the look and like I was, I was racing, I was doing the triathlon stuff. And so like, I, I like, like sometimes people that like do sports, like they can be kind of like, that's like their whole identity and their whole life. And like, they like, they everything is, I do this, you know? And like, I like the idea of like, you know, maybe being like 
going to an Ironman, but like wearing a t-shirt and a Panerai right. and jeans mm-hmm. and like not looking the part. And so I like, I love that watch and I wore it. I mean, I wore that watch like every day for like a long time. Um, I got a Tudor, uh, uh, that was the last watch, nice watch I got. And then the other kind of, I didn't have a huge collection because, you know, these were big purchases, mm-hmm, but yeah. I had a, um, the a first Bell and Ross Phantom, the all black. Uh, and that was like, cause at the time, like people are like, yeah, all black watches. But like at the time that was the very first, like that was the first mechanical all black watch. And I was like, I have to have it cause I love black, you know, yeah. and like black and white, you know, like real, you know, things like that. Um, and then the only watch I've bought, so I, I pretty much wear our watches because again, I can, you know, we have, uh, the only watch I've bought since we started this was, uh, that Zeno tennis watch. Oh have you yeah. Guys seen that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> it's mechanical, right? Yeah. And it's got the, it, like it, you know, you, you, you've got the, the points and the sets and you've got, you know, the one side for this and the one, and you can, I like, I just, the idea of like the practicalness of it for that one activity. Like, I don't know. It just was like, it just, and the red and the white and the shape. Like I just, I, it's super cool. Like I might need to borrow that. I've been playing a lot of ping pong lately you, and that could really help. Do they keep 15, 30, 40 scores on ping I pong? Can. No. You, yeah, you, I mean, you sure. sure could. I, if yeah. I had the watch, I would. We, we have the watch, so we need to keep score <laughs> exactly. tennis style. Yeah. Yep. So uh, anyway, yeah, the, yeah those it, are the watches I've had. I love the idea of just a single purpose watch like that. We've talked a few times about a, a company. You guys probably know the Brew Retrograph, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, you could wear it for anything, yeah. right? Just like the Zeno. But uh, the idea that you'd have a coffee for brewing espresso, which is something I, I never do in my life. Uh, the odds that I'm brewing espresso or solo, and I still want that watch. I would, I would that, have a brew. I didn't even I realize like that's what that was for. I just like mm-hmm. that watch, like from an aesthetic standpoint. And I never dove any deeper than like, oh man, that's a really pretty watch. Like, brew super cool. Like, yeah, he's he's got a he's got like a, such a yeah clear eye and clear, yeah super cool watch. Design language is is amazing. We're gonna try yeah. to get that guy on the show someday. We'll he's see super what cool. happens. He's a nice guy too. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, you should. He's awesome. Well, well, very cool. I, I think we're probably about the time where where we should start wrapping up. Uh, we've talked a lot about sort of what you're doing. Any anything you guys want to just freestyle on? Tell us, tell us what you're doing. Anything that you'd like us or our listeners to know before we wrap up? That's a tough question. Yeah. Um, oh. No. <laughs> I got to, no. 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 I mean, I got to talk about my my tailwinds and my black and white t-shirts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I wear the. Portland hat everywhere. Um, and I got to talk about uh, restored Broncos. Um, Which you have one being restored currently? Yes, I do. We're going to have to talk about this more a- after the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think, yeah, man, we covered all the all the fun stuff for me. So Yeah, and I think from my standpoint, like, I mean, I got to show you guys around all the kind of quirky, weird stuff that I get to do day in and day out, manufacturing-wise, so... And we've got plenty of pictures that will be coming out through the week. So if you guys keep an eye on the Instagram and that stuff will be popping up as the week goes through. Um, well, great. Uh, so, so current, current models, we've got the Vero SW, we've got the, um, the, the century collection, which comes mm-hmm. in a number of colors. And those are actually different names for different colors, which I think is, a you know, a really cool convention. Um, a new limited edition century that's headed to worn and wound when? Uh, we should have some prototypes at the next wind up in New York. Yeah, at wind up we'll have, we'll have that. That's no, that's October. Yes. We yeah. should have, mm-hmm. we should have like, two, we should have two new things and then, um, you know, we'll probably, you know, wrap up, uh, the, the current stuff for a little while, you know, um, and, and focus on, on the new stuff. So, and I'm doing a watch for a buddy's wedding. It's coming up at the end of September. That's kind of, uh, Roger who does our dials. He and I are both in the wedding. So I'm gifting watches to my buddy Ryan, who's getting married and then all the groomsmen. So that's kind of our fun, like project right now that roger and i are working on you're going to start getting like more invites to be part of wedding parties that you're everybody's going to want you yeah like, you know this is a as a new as the first wedding i've ever been in so we'll see how it goes i um, think if you bring watches you might be in more yeah yeah yeah, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. hopefully <laughs> call danny call the guy yeah. make danny in your wedding party you get watches <laughs> everyone's getting a g-shock next yeah. time <laughs> 
All right. Very good. Andrew, you got anything else today? Thank you so much for having us, guys. This has been so cool, and we really appreciate it. You guys have been terrific hosts. Yeah, I'm glad you guys made the drive up. Yeah, yeah, and totally. And thanks for showing us around, giving us the the time, and coming on the show. But really been fun. Yeah. All right. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Forty and Twenty. Feel free to check us out on Instagram at Forty and Twenty if you want to follow us, follow what we're doing, see pictures of the guys in their shop and their watches. Uh, also check us out at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. That's where we get most of our support for the show. And we appreciate everybody who's on there and supporting us. Don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.